In the past, we have one single agency. They are taking care of the policy and the strategy. They are taking care of regulation and monitoring. And they're also taking care of implementing the space program. That's probably worked in the past, but probably it's not good for the future. So now we slice this agency to three slices. Hey, Space Watchers. This is Space Cafe Radio, your channel about trends, great people and awesome conferences. I'm Thorst Krinning, publisher of Spacewatch.global. And my guest here is His Excellency Dr. Mohammed Al-Tamimi, the governor of CST, the Communications, Space and Technology Commission of Saudi Arabia. We spoke on the last day of the forum in his office on the 14th floor of the CST building overlooking the landscape of Riyadh. This episode is part of our coverage of the Connecting the World from the Skies Forum, which was held in Riyadh from the 8th to the 10th of November 2022. The conference was hosted by ITU, the International Telecommunication Union and CST, the Communication, Space and Technology Commission of Saudi Arabia. The forum was developed around the theme of connecting the unconnected, aka the challenges to bringing internet to those 2.7 billion people who still don't have access. It included also some important indications of where Saudi Arabia wants to place itself within the global space economy, the direction it wants to follow, the vision it would like to cultivate and the investment it's intended to pursue. So it was in a sense a one-of-a-kind conference, both for its local message and its meta-geopolitical message. Enjoy this insight. Your Excellency, Dr. Mohammed Al-Tamimi, it is a great pleasure to have the opportunity to talk with you here. In your opening keynote, you spoke about non-terrestrial networks. So why do they matter and which steps do we need to take to expand them? First of all, thank you for having me. Based on the UN agency specified for telecommunication, which is the ITU in Geneva, their latest report, they are mentioning 2.7 billion globally unconnected, which is about the third of the world population. And this is a priority for the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Let me take you back to the terrestrial network. Terrestrial network likes 3G, 4G, 5G. They are doing a great job by covering the populated area. But that's not enough. Take that number and do the statistic. We will find out 10% of the land globally just covered by terrestrial network. And to take that number down also, that's only 3% of land and water together globally covered by terrestrial network. So what I'm saying in that keynote, terrestrial network doing a great job, but it's not sufficient. We need to innovate. That's why, and that's where non-terrestrial network, the NTN, comes in. So in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, we conducted six NTN trials. This year is alone, 2022. So let me share with you a few of them. The first one, we successfully tested 5G using HABs at the Red Sea project. I participated personally in that project. I was one of these remote, isolated island in the middle of the Red Sea. No coverage. And the other person floating in a boat above one of these beautiful coral reefs. Before the trial, we have zero coverage. After it, we conducted a conference meeting with HD quality. And more importantly, I did not use a satellite terminal. I used my ordinary, regular 5G phone. The second one, we conducted the first trial in the MENA region to backhold the 5G network with Liu. And we got multiple results, which is great for academia and researcher about the primary data and attenuation. But more importantly, what I would like to share with you, 
we reach a latency as low as of 22 milliseconds. It's better than some of the Tristel network. So I think that's really impressive, and we would like to share it during the conference with the globe because it's enough to talk the talk. We need to walk the walk and push the envelope towards non-Tristel network. Through trials like this in Saudi Arabia, we are playing an active role within the technology to accelerate the process to supplement the terrestrial network going to the non-terrestrial network. We also participate with the academia. For example, we hosted a competition between multiple scientists competing with the support with the IEEE to make sure that we are innovating to solve the world problem, to connect the unconnected. The scientists themselves across the globe, they are agreeing that we are getting much better result and far better performance by integrating different layers of NTN compared of non-integrating them. Also, it's not only this year, 2022. Since 2020, we sponsor a very interesting report called Connecting the Humanity with the ITU. Why we are doing that? We want to get the attention from the G20 countries to make sure that we are highlighting this problem. It's our priority to connect the unconnected. To expand the non-terrestrial network globally, we are a global community. We have two steps to do so. For the first one, to expand the non-terrestrial network. We have to standardize, we have to harmonize the standards across the globe. We have to encourage more international collaboration. And more importantly, we have to make sure we are creating well-crafted regulation to minimize the investment when it comes to non-terrestrial network. And that's very important. The second step, we have to expand non-terrestrial network in a way that's sustainable. This means we have to reduce the side effect on the planet. This means we have to maximize the use of green energy, minimizing the space debris. So if we create the regulation framework and craft regulation and encourage the international collaborations, and more importantly, minimize the risk of investment, that definitely will yield to better result to connect the unconnected. Let's try to take a view from above. Space requires international cooperation on a large scale, without any doubt. How do you interact with the international organizations, as you mentioned, such as the ITU or UNOSA? What is Saudi Arabia's space contribute to this international cooperation right now? Actually, we are active in this domain. Almost for 30 years, we are part of IAC or and IAF in, in France when it comes to space and innovations. We're also a member of UNOSA. We are also signing an executive agreement with multiple countries to make sure that climate change and environmental care taking place. The last one, we signed it, that the initiative that's been proposed by a French government. We're also joining the Artemis Accord, led by NASA, and that's really a big milestone for us. And these are the principles agreed upon by the government world to go back to the moon for better humanity and explore the deep space. And let me share with you that within Saudi Arabia also, we are trying to host multiple events to make sure that we are sending this message, connecting and connected, taking care of that those 2.7 billion. That's why these three days, the non-tristal network form or connecting the world from the sky form is very critical. We've been blessed by having participants from over 130 countries across the globe, key speaker across the industry, to make sure that we come together to solve this world problem. 
We are here at the conference and we experience this well-crafted event from you and we just can say chapeau. I would like to go to another topic. The speed of transformation in the kingdom is just breathtaking. You just announced the transformation of the Saudi Space Commission into the Saudi Space Agency. What can we expect from that move and what will be your priorities? And I know that the strategy will be released in the foreseeable future. You can't talk about it, but what's in it? So, as you said, the strategy will be announced soon, the National Saudi Space Strategy. But before we announce the strategy, there should be multiple milestones should be done. One of them is the governance of the sector. It's not only space. Any sector, if you want to develop it, if you want to accelerate to solve the humanity problem, to participate as a G20 country with the global problems and connect the unconnected, we have to have well-structured governance. In the past, we have one single agency. They are taking care of the policy and the strategy. They are taking care of regulation and monitoring. And they're also taking care of implementing the space program. That's probably worked in the past, but probably it's not good for the future. So now... We slice this agency to three slices. We are already announcing the Supreme Council for Space to make sure all government agencies supporting this one vision, one goal by having better space sector in Saudi Arabia. We are transforming the current commission to space agency to have more focus when it comes to civilian home and project. And there is a part which is regulation and monitoring that will be embedded with the previously communication and data commission to becoming right now communication, space and technology commission. Let's talk about a very practical issue, human resources. Human resources in the space sector are a global challenge. What is your recipe to find the right people, both locally and of course from abroad? So let me share with you this. Over the last year, I'm blessed to meet multiple like space agencies and the scholar and companies. The biggest problem globally is to find the right talent to support the new era of space, the era that defined economy of space. So here in Saudi Arabia, we are planning to do multiple things, but let me summarize it in three steps. First, we start with the generation. We have a program called Space Generation Program to make sure that we aspire the nation toward the space, toward STEM program to make sure that we are galvanizing the nation toward that mission. We believe this is, yes, a local mission. It's about the country, but it's also the talent problem across the globe. So we are not only trying to reach the local talent in Saudi Arabia, we are reaching to communicate the talent across the globe. This is very important sector, and we have lots of challenges ahead of us globally. We have to put our hands together to solve it. So this is the first one. The second one, we believe that we have to send some of the students here, the brightest students, to the best universities across the globe to study what other nations are doing and facing when it comes to academia and science of the research. So we send them for like space engineering, space manufacturing, and more importantly, space policy. Because if we have problem in space, like space debris, we need well-educated people to take that argument to the best level to make sure that we are solving that one as well. The other one, which is coming from the entrepreneurial side, we are excited to launch Saudi Space Accelerator Program with the partnership with the well-known Techstar. That will be launched by 2023 to make sure that the talent will not coming only from the academia and the STEM program, also coming from the entrepreneurial side to make sure that we have a healthy commercial sector 
to deliver that strategy. At the end of the day, yes, it's a strategy from the government of Saudi Arabia, but one of the guiding principles of that strategy that should be implemented by the private sector with the collaboration with the private sector and the bright brain with entrepreneurship. The last topic I would like to discuss with you is something that is very close to our heart, our own heart at Space Watch Global, and that's environment. Environmental challenges do not stop in space, and you tapped on that um, a moment ago. How do you address topics like space debris, space situational awareness, later on space traffic management in your way forward? So I think this is one of the things that during this forum today and yesterday, they are talking about Situation awareness and space, space traffic management is one of the topics that we should be aware, we should be fixed while we're going further. And that's well known. But for me, let me highlight two things. One, as a government of Saudi Arabia, we are trying to focus in the coming years more about environment and green energy. We already launched multiple initiatives. One of them is Green Saudi and Green Middle East. We are planning to plant more than one billion tree in Saudi Arabia for the coming 10 years just to support that purpose. Without proper earth observation from the sky to monitor that progress, we cannot say we are succeeding or not. We already committed in global in COP26 last year in Glasgow by zero carbon by 2060. This is a huge commitment from the government, but that fulfilling that direction of we are really care about environment. We really care about global problems. One of them is environmental and the other one which we we'll talk about it in the beginning, which is connected and connected, the 2.7 billion worldwide uh, and connected. You mentioned space debris. I think over the last two days in the conference and today, the, the last day, everybody's talking about space debris. When it comes to GEO, the ITU is doing a great job to manage that one. But when it comes to LEO, I think everybody's agree. Governments, policymakers, academia, they are agreeing that space debris is one of the biggest challenges that we have addressed in the table properly and fix it. It's not about it's a space debris and we have to clean it up. It's about people they are want to invest and they need to protect their investment. One of the things that we want to take up a concern about it as well, which is related to the space debris, is to keep the sky clean, is to reduce the pollution in the sky, to preserve the dark star. That's really important for scientists and we have to take care of it. And one of, usually for any regulations, you have two things. Some of the steps you could take and you could pull over later on. It's easy to change that step. But when it comes to setting and crafting good regulation for space debris, we have to make sure to fix it from the beginning, to have ex-ante enforcement within this sector to make sure that we are protecting that heaven. Because once we have space debris in the sky, it will cost time, it will cost money to clean it up, to bring it back. So, of course, we focus on multiple things. Of course, we are trying to solve the global problem. But what we are trying to do in this NTN form is to collaborate, to bring different parties from private sector, from public sector, from different parties within the industry and across the jurisdictions to make sure that we are scaling NTN sustainably. So this is my invitation to all the audience here who is listening to me right now. I think all of us, we have a key role and play a key role to solve this problem, which is scaling NTN sustainably. Wonderful. Thank you very much for your time. Is there anything you would like to add, Dr. Mohamed, which I didn't tap? I'm glad to you have me here and I'm looking forward probably 
in the coming international events to make sure that we are playing as international community to fix this problem of connecting and connected. This is all lasting problem and concerning us here in Saudi Arabia a lot. And hopefully that number 2.7 next year will decrease it dramatically utilizing new non-terrestrial network. Thank you very much for your time. It was a real pleasure to have the chance to discuss with you your vision. So we wish you and the kingdoms a success in achieving your goals. And obviously, we are looking forward to your next steps. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you want to stay on the pulse of the space industry, please visit our website at www.spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. And of course, don't forget to become a Space Watcher. I'm Thorsten Greening, publisher at spacewatch.global, your independent perspective on space. Mm-hmm.